0: Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Jozefowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground, trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here, so grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to episode 15 of Tough Cookie Talks and the very first episode ever where I have a guest. Today, I'm interviewing my client, Steph, who has been with me for, at this point, almost three years, I think, in a variety of different iterations. She started out as a one-on-one in-person client became a Tough Love Strength Club member, moved to Maine, did her own thing, found her way back, and I'm really excited for you to hear her story and to hear about our journey working together, where she started, where she is right now, how she continues to grow and evolve. Steph is a total badass, and I know that a lot of you are going to see yourselves in the stories that she shares and hopefully leave this feeling really excited and hopeful for what is possible for you. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the show, Steph. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I feel like this is so fitting to have you as my first official podcast guest because I consider you in a lot of ways to be like my first official clients, um, or maybe my first additional official, like ideal clients, um, in the sense that they often talk about that in the business world, because prior to working with you, I had obviously worked with other clients, but I feel like you were the first person who ever contacted me specifically looking for the kind of work that I was doing. Um, And it was really, it was really exciting. And I've loved getting to know you over the past couple of years. And so I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more as well. Can you tell us more about you as like a whole human and what are some of the most important things you want people to know about you?
1: Sure. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Well, I am so glad that, uh, you feel that way. I am just so glad that I found you and that I've been working with you for as long as I have, which I think is like, is it almost like three years now?
0: Yeah. I feel like, wow.
1: It's, yeah. Time yeah flies. It's been
0: like three years since. Yeah. Thanks COVID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, Too long. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I'm Steph, and I use she, her pronouns. And I am a, let's see, it's interesting to like describe yourself holistically. So (laughs) I am a former accountant, who is getting a master's in social work um i live in maine with my husband and my cat and my nieces and in-laws live nearby whom i love and love spending time with um i love living in maine even though i miss chicago uh and yeah i love being outside and hiking and doing all of the outdoor things um and i guess what's also important is sort of like what brought me to you and the work that I do with you. And that is more of like a longer history, but the, the Notes version are that I used to be a chronic dieter and body hater. And I went through um, some programs that like helped me work through the, like, diet culture nonsense and sort of like work on the food component of things. But I still found myself struggling with how to exercise and how to move and how to do so in a way that didn't feel like punishing or restrictive or that in a way that was tied up in all of that like diet culture bullcrap. So, um, that's what like led me to look for you. I was like, "Is there anyone near me that's doing this?" Hello, <laughs> and so I internet searched
0: and and I found you. Yeah, so and that's that's, that's back when you used to live in Chicago. So yes, yes, used to live in Chicago, and we used to get to train together in real life. Yep, and then she moved to Maine, and I was very sad, but still happy for her because she's <laughs> living a good life yes. out there. But Yes. And I think Steph, what you experience is so common where a lot of people tackle that like body image and food stuff first. And I think when a lot of us first start on that journey, it's really easy to find body image coaches and, um, like dietitians and intuitive eating counselors and even therapists that are doing this kind of work. And I found, and I think it's getting better. I think there are more of us, but at the time I felt like when it came to the fitness piece, nobody was really talking about it. And so I was, I was very delighted when you came and sought me out specifically for that. I'm curious to hear what your version of the story of how we met.
1: Yeah. What was that like for you? Um, well, I mean, really it was, so like, I feel like I met you before we actually met one another because I was like internet stalking your website and blog to like (laughs) make sure that this was like a person that I was interested in working with, you know? Um, and I hadn't, um, I hadn't like ever looked for something like this before. So Hmm. like, especially with regards to working out, um, and, they're just, when you're looking for someone, when you're not super comfortable with like exercise and what that looks like in your life, and you're looking for someone to, to like engage with in that realm, it's, it's like intimidating, you know, yeah. And if if you've worked with trainers in the past and it hasn't gone well, there's like, this like trepidation. So I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, is this going to work? And I was like, let's just try it. So we met. Um, and I think we, I like scheduled an in-person session with you Mm -hmm. and it was like near the beginning of the year, but I was like, very clear. I was like, this is not a new year's (laughs) resolution. And you, you were probably like, Oh no, what's happening. But (laughs) no, I was like, I was
0: like, great. Because I'm not really all about like the new year's resolution stuff either, but, um, fun story. You were intimidated I was also intimidated if we're being <laughs> honest. Do you know why? Why? Um, because you, you came to me and I remember you had already done like all the, the like food and body image work. And if I remember correctly, like you had worked with some pretty big names in the health at yeah. every size space at the time, like people that I was like, Holy shit, they're a big deal. And like, <laughs> and now I'm trying to live up and, um, yeah. So I I was, I was definitely feeling a little bit of that intimidation factor too. But at the end of the day, I think we're all just uh, humans trying to do what we do, even if we have like pretty websites. And you also yes. had, you also had your own online business going at that time.
1: I did. Yeah. So in between being an accountant and uh, deciding that I wanted to do social work and therapeutic work, um, I ran a travel planning business while I, you know, detoxed from accounting and (laughs) uh, figured out what I liked to do in the world. Um, So, so yeah, so I was, I was doing like my online business thing there as well. So yeah, I, I you had a good web, you st- had and still have a, a really good website and uh, it 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 got me you caught Thank me you. Jenna <laughs> thanks
0: thanks yeah. I'm glad you enjoy it I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that that was the thing so at the point when you first reached out to me where were you with exercise at that point and what were you hoping to accomplish from us working together
1: Yeah totally so I and I've heard you talk about this before there was And when you're doing like letting go of diet culture work, there's sort of this, like, don't like just let movement go. Um, Mm -hmm. and, or let, like, let exercise go, like, don't worry about that component of it. And I think that, for me, that per- that was helpful because I you can't like fix everything at the same time, oh, you know. 100%. And so, so like that that was like helpful mentally for me to say like I don't have to fix this right now. I just am going to fix like the food stuff or try to fix the food stuff. Um, but it had been like, I maybe like five years since I had done like that initial work, and I just hadn't picked it back up. <laughs> yeah. I. I like, I like to go hiking and I like to like do, go walking outside or like ride bikes, but like there was no consistency. There Mm. was, I had a lot of guilt and shame around not exercising more and it was all sort of like tied up in I'm being unhealthy and, you know, all of the same guilt and shame that comes in diet culture was sort of still there for the exercise component. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So So I wasn't, I wasn't doing much movement, um, at all.
0: Interesting because I feel like that's often the message that we're given is to just avoid it, but by avoiding it. And as you know, with anything, especially, you know, as you're starting to study social work, it's like you, you can't really heal it. If you're, if you're not able to kind of like get in there and poke around. And I think a lot of us are maybe not ready to do that at the beginning, but if you avoid it forever, then it's still sometimes like a pile of garbage. It's just not, it's not a pile of garbage that you're looking at, but like those underlying feelings aren't, you know, or they are, I guess still there. Like they're not going anywhere. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I, ha- I
1: had done also in my, like finding myself work, I had done some like yoga training and mm, stuff. Yeah, and so, so that. there, there was like some movement, but, um, through that training, I sort of, a lot of people think of yoga as exercise and I don't think of yoga as exercise. It's mm-hmm. more of like a spiritual practice for me, um, yeah. which is what its intention <laughs> actually yeah. is. Um, so I, I did have like some movement practice, but it wasn't, it still was like mixed up in all of that stuff. And there was like that disconnect between between moving my body and like why I was doing it.
0: so Yeah. And it almost sounds like, especially with the yoga component, it's almost like that wasn't even checking that movement box for you because it was fulfilling a more spiritual need.
1: Yeah. I didn't classify it as exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't count quote unquote, which yeah, I'm sure we could say, get into like,
0: <laughs> intentions, intentions and purposes of yoga aside. Would it have counted? No, it wouldn't have, have.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you yeah, yeah, were kind I, of, I like like cushy, restorative, yin, slow yoga. And so that like, at that time, that would check zero boxes in the exercise mm.
0: category for me. <laughs> yeah, especially based on what's, uh, what diet culture tells us. Prior yeah. to letting go of exercise altogether, what did what did exercise look like for you before you kind of swung in that other direction of not doing much of anything at all?
1: Oh, it was completely like work out to eat to be able to eat more food it was completely entrenched in diet culture i yeah. would ex- i would like when i got on the diet wagon the exercise wagon was like right next to it and mm. i would work out to get more points to eat or mm. to like to to work off something i ate that i hadn't that i wasn't supposed to eat or um was trying to change the way that my body looked or how much i weighed like there was no the only way that it existed was like with a side of diet culture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 One thing that I remember specifically, and I think mm-hmm. this was the moment when I was like, Steph and I are going to get along great <laughs> is I always do. And you probably remember this, like a values assessment, mm-hmm. with new clients where I give you just a list of words. And I ask you to circle the ones that you most resonate with. So we can come up with a way to like tie a why to movement. That's not entrenched in diet culture. Yeah. And you just made up one yourself and you just <laughs> wrote badassery. <laughs>
1: Yes. I was like, none of these values suit my needs. Like, <laughs> I needed to create my
0: own. And I was like, we're going to yeah. get along. <laughs> just fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, what are some of the things that we did together, particularly like in those beginning days when you had yet to experience that badassery? What are some of the things that made you and uh, I guess started to make you feel more like a badass?
1: Hmm. Uh, Well, definitely like strength training. Like I had never, I had never done any strength training at all ever. That wasn't ever like in my realm of something that I thought I could do. Um, There was definitely some like, you know, (laughs) you don't want to bulk up, you know, (laughs) that, that ridiculous narrative that was buried somewhere in there. Um, And, you know, I think that there was like a lack of of like, like confidence in my ability that I was like strong, you know, because when you're, when you're in a, a larger body, there's like so much, I think, stigma that gets internalized about like your capabilities and what you can do. And I, I like was always, um, I don't know. Like when, when you're around other people who maybe have a better relationship with exercise and have more natural athletic ability or something like that, sometimes if you're also someone in a bigger body and you don't have that, it like becomes, oh, well, I'm just not strong enough. I, because I, I, because I'm in this bigger body, I don't, I can't do those things, right? It's like these, these like self limitations that you put on yourself. So I didn't think that that was even an option. And so when you were like, here, pick this up and start start throwing this around or like lift this over your head, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I did it and I was like, oh, I can do, you know, I can do this.
0: Did um, you surprise yourself then? Uh,
1: yes. I, I, especially when we like started deadlifting, Mm. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of weight. And that felt like, (laughs) that, that felt like easy to lift. Like maybe I am strong, you know, it, it sort of like created this connection between myself and strength that I didn't know I had.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people have that assumption about themselves, you know, obviously in your, if you're in a larger body, that's one thing, but I think we could even broaden that to any category of person that you don't typically see doing that. Yes. And in a lot of cases, particularly, um, particularly as women, I think there's this narrative that like, we can't, or we shouldn't. And so people tend to stick within like, you know, like three to eight pound weights, um, and then completely surprise the shit out of themselves yeah. Like you did when you realize that you're capable of like freaking, I don't even know, like 20 times that much or something ridiculous. I mean, obviously depending yeah. on the exercise, but it's, uh,
1: totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's sort of like that, that like, oh, careful, you don't want to hurt yourself or like make sure that you, you're, you have the ability to do that before you try it. It's sort of this like. It goes along with people not believing that certain bodies can do something. And then mm. also like the fear of like, oh, well, if you, if you lift that much weight, you might hurt yourself because you don't know what you're doing. You
0: know? Yeah. And that's a narrative that goes around commonly. And to that, I, I have a couple of thoughts. Sometimes I think people get this fear that like, oh, you shouldn't lift more than this much, or you're going to hurt yourself. But what we don't realize is in many cases, we try to lift that much and much more in our day-to-day lives when we're just doing stuff around our houses. So I would almost argue that if you don't give yourself permission to explore that, like in a controlled setting or in a setting where you have like a trainer with you, um, you know, who can spot you or who can kind of like work you up to that weight in a way that we're not asking you to do something that we're not confident that you'll be able to do. then that, that translates into other areas of life as well, which I'm sure you've realized as well. And we'll talk about a little bit more later. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm curious, um, along the elements of surprising yourself, was there anything else that surprised you about working together? Hmm. Um,
1: yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the other thing would probably be <laughs> the, like, the mental lift that it gave me, you know, like hmm. I, I felt better. Um, and, and I sort of like, thought that's what you hear that like runner's high or like you get endorphins or like all those things and I sort of like grumbled at that idea before (laughs) before our our work together because I was like yeah I've never experienced because I had never done it for like the right reasons or Mm -hmm. not there is a right reason but because I had only used exercise as like a form of punishment there was never any space for me to like have any sort of great experience with it because I was wasn't allowing that to happen but just saying hey I'm gonna try this and see what happens and then to have there be sort of like this boost or this energy that came with it and like confidence that came with it uh was like I was like oh I get it okay I could see how this is a thing (laughs) now so I want
0: you to tell us more about that confidence how did that help you in your life
1: yeah. Well, I mean, when you leave a, a workout session and you like just, I forget, I don't even know, but like you deadlift a shit ton of weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I can fucking do that. You know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> or like you flip a tire in the parking lot, you know, a, a tire oh, that's like big, big and, to- and taller than you are. Uh, it's like, it's badassery. It's my value. It's like, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm, I'm capable of like difficult things um and yeah and that's it's like it's proof that you can do something that's hard you know yes. that's yes. like a, a, a that builds confidence i think
0: i love hearing you say that because that's something that's something that i definitely agree with and can feel for myself but i think it's also harder to believe coming from someone like me who's always been like the runner's high person for lack of a better way to put, to put it. Sure. Like I've, I've always loved all kinds of movement, even though, even though I definitely had a bad relationship with it for a while, like you did, I think there was always that underlying love for it for me. And so I think I, I've been one of those annoying people that are like, <laughs> ah, it just feels so good. And so I think it it feels less genuine coming yes. from someone like me. So to hear you just kind of echo that back, like, ah, it's true yes and it, it doesn't always it's not always
1: there for me I, mm. I want to clarify that as yes. well like some some days I still am like this is a slog I don't want to do this everything feels hard but and some like workouts but uh but I've experienced the the sort of the high as well where like I get done with the workout and I'm like what are we doing next you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and to your point like it's not all sunshine and rainbows it's it's not and sometimes and I say this Often, you know, particularly with strength training, when you're a newbie, everything's a PR. Like, just everything that you do is like new and exciting and badass. And after a while, like that progress starts to slow down a little bit. And nothing is really as new or novel anymore. And then it just, I don't know, sometimes it can be boring, I think, yeah. in that way, if you don't kind of find yourself getting lost in that process. And, um, I don't know what the word that I'm looking for is, but do you know that feeling when you're doing something that's like kind of monotonous, but it's also relaxing at the same time? Yeah, like What's the word for that. You know, uh, sort of like low
1: level flow. You know, like, yeah. like, uh, yeah, like.
0: Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's like, like a flow auto, state. A,
1: autopilot autopilot. Yeah. It's of. like,
0: it's like a flow state where like, you're still present in what you're doing. Like yeah. you have to be present, but you also don't need to like think too hard about what you're doing. It's almost like, you know, when you garden and you're like, you know, just like out in your yard all day, just kind of like pulling weeds and like planting stuff. And you don't have to think a lot, but at the same time, you just kind of have these really profound thoughts at the same time. I don't know. Is yeah. that
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you mean. It's like, Oh, okay. I can, Uh, I'm, this thing has become so comfortable or this thing has become like routine, more like muscle memory for me that I'm, I'm able to do it and also think about something else (laughs) or something, I guess. Yeah.
0: But in light of the whole, not being all sunshine and rainbows, what has been the hardest pill for you to swallow when it comes to what you've learned about exercise and strength training since we've been working together?
1: Oh, um, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a little, a little want, want saying this, but it's that, it's like, it's a process and that it takes time and that it ebbs and flows just like everything else. And some days are better than others. And I probably just like, I still have, you know, bad body image days and like, I can still. On on a you know occasion, have like some diet culture creeping back into my eating brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still can that still happens with like exercise too. And yeah, yeah, I can like have times where I feel like I've got a really good routine and I'm I've got much better um, consistency. But then I have periods of time where like life throws a curveball and you you haven't figured out how to deal with that yet. And then you got to, you got to, got to deal with it and got to figure it out again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which I think, I think speaks a lot to like your journey of us working together. Cause just to kind of spell out that timeline, we started working together in person. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, you know, we would, we would see each other on a weekly basis in person. And then when I started tough love strength club for the first time, I was like, Oh, Hey, like, why don't I just like, like pop you in here? Like Mm this will be fun. And then, so I popped you in there. Um, and, and it seemed like you really liked that. And it was, it was like a really good thing. And we did that, um, in conjunction with the in-person and then the pandemic hit and then you moved to Maine and then we were doing like one-on-one on zoom for a while. And then, and then we stopped doing that. But then you were just in Tough Love Strength Club. But then you were like, "No, I think I'm good. I'm gonna go fly free for a while." Um, and you did your own thing. And we didn't work together for, gosh, I don't even know how long. Maybe like, like eight it's nine like, months. I think it was yeah. I was gonna say like six or eight months, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like um, that. And then a couple of seasons. And then you decided to come back again. Yeah. And I I think that's really cool that you did that. Like I was really happy that you did because I think it goes to show number one, that like the doors always open and the amount of support that you need at any given time is, is going to change. And I think it's possible and okay to go through periods in your life where you feel like you want more support, but then you want less support and then you want something in between. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what that was like for you and, what that felt like for you to just like switch between the various different ways we work together.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, when I was doing like one-on-one sessions with you, I was like, oh, this is, um, this is like the external accountability in a flavor that is like suits that suits me. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's I enjoy the accountability. I like going to a place in person and having someone help me. And mm-hmm. it's like giving me a small amount of consistency without like a side of diet culture. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was like really helpful. And then I started to like kind of get into it more. And we would talk about like the sort of the mindset stuff as well when we were training. Um, and when you launched Tough Love Strength Club, I was like, oh, cool. This is like more mindset work. So mm-hmm. let's let's give it a whirl. Um, and then the world, the world came to a screeching halt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, everybody was like, let's just get by. So the zoom, you know, the zoom sessions were more of like just getting by. Um, and then I kind of like reached a point where I was like, I feel good about like, I'm consistently exercising way more than I ever have before. And I you know, I'm feeling good and confident about my ability to do that, and I think I'm, I think I'm okay. I'm ready to like fly free from the yes. nest. <laughs> uh, and so that was great. Um, and then I started a new semester of school, and my schedule became like way, way, way heavier than normal. And I had just so much going on because um, I started like an internship and was taking more classes and was still working. And for the like next three months, like movement and exercise became non-existent. Mm. Um, and I really was like, it felt like the, like I failed on my diet mode again, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's like, if I'm just being honest, like that's like, oh no, like I had it figured out and I lost it again. Mm. Uh, but then I. I was like, that's not true. Right. <laughs> I had the like, this the skills and like had done the work with you and Tough Love Strength Club to know that that was like not a real narrative. And I was like, I just need more support again. And yeah. so I, I came back and I love now I have the support
0: again and I'm figuring it out again
1: <laughs> uh, because you know, it was just a different situation.
0: Yeah. And it it sounds to me, you, like a lot of us had those, those life situations where life kind of kicks you in the ass. Um, yep. and I, I love that self-awareness that you had where you're in that situation and you're like, like you were able to kind of like reach out yep. and be able to get yourself that support you need. Because I think a lot of us, um, you know, particularly if you're somebody who feels like you're a very like independent or self-sufficient person, or like, it kind of resonates with that idea of like strength or badassery. You're like, no, I can figure this out myself. Like I should be able to do this. Like, yeah, like I know my, I've heard people say this all the time. Like, I know my problem. I just need to fucking do it. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, come here, you like, yes, yes, that's, you don't have to, you don't have to suffer alone. Um, absolutely. I'm curious because you talked a little bit about the mindset piece inside of tough love strength club. And I think that's one of the most underrated things that people don't realize exist, And I think not, not something that a lot of like fitness programs include. So can we talk a little bit about like the difference between like coaching versus a training session? Um, and how those things have kind of played in together or how like the coaching aspect and the mindset piece, uh, has maybe been different for you or along your journey. Totally. Okay. So the way that I think of this, this is,
1: uh, I think of like the training piece as what I'm doing for that, like 30 to 45 minutes that I'm working out. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: like, OK, that, that's like this little this little stretch of time where I'm like doing the activity and I and I'm using like your program to like support me during that that time which is Mm. really important um and really helpful and it tells me what to do and it makes me you know I'm confident in doing those movements and figuring out how many reps to do and how much weight to use and like all of that stuff that's like the training component um which I've learned a ton about uh but the like coaching and mindset stuff is like to me I think of it of like what I think about all the other times that I'm not working out Mm. like the you know the 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 17 times before I work out where I think about if I'm actually going to work out or not, (laughs) uh, or like what, when I'm planning my week, you know, the voices that are swirling in my head about where I can fit in time for myself or, um, what, you know, what counts as a workout? Like what, how much time do I have? And will I be able to do something that would benefit me in that amount of time? That's like the coaching component.
0: Yes. And I think, Having, having worked with you for a long period of time, one thing that I noticed that's different about you now, like three years down the road, I feel like we're able to touch on things and like dig deeper into things that like either a, maybe you weren't quite ready to address the first time, or you're now in a different place in your life where me talking about those same things that we might've talked about three years ago now resonates with you in a completely different way, or you're able to almost come at it. I'm trying to think of a word besides like depth, but I keep coming back to that idea of like depth. You're just able to like get a little bit more of the nuance of it or of a a different texture
1: of it. Um, Yeah. I was going to say nuance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Totally. I
1: think it's both of those things. I think that I, I have, I have like more exercise sessions under my belt for like Mm -hmm. lack of a better term like I've done I've worked out for like reasons that feel good to me a lot more Mm -hmm. over the last three years so I have like more experience and the benefits that it provides to my life and like I have a greater connection to those things Mm -hmm. Um, but also like I just am a person who has evolved and I'm you know I'm in a graduate program so there's a lot of like self-reflection and learning that goes into that. And yeah. um, especially, you know, like, and uh, I'm learning a lot about like therapy and how brains work and how, yeah. how coaching and interactions between a coach and, and someone work and those types of things. So I think I'm more aware and receptive to those types of things also than I yeah. probably was. So
0: yeah, yeah. Which is cool. And Tuple of Strength Club has definitely evolved since, since you first joined. I feel like that first time I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I was just <laughs> kind of figuring it out. And like, thankfully a lot of you have stuck with me on that journey. Like there was something, something good to be found there where we would just have coaching calls in the beginning and then eventually I started to develop the online course component where I started to just like record lessons and modules and things about stuff that I talked about so often that I'm like, this just needs to live on forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was that like for you being in the whole like evolution of that program from it being like like a baby club to like, I don't know. I feel like it just morphed into something different, like the same, but different. It's gotten a little bit of a glow up.
1: Yeah, totally. I, well, it's, I always, I find it personally, uh, fun to watch things grow and change. And Mm -hmm. I tend to find myself like in early on things like this and like helping, um, you know, like the members like help you're, you're so wonderful about like asking people what they need and then providing it to them. So Mm -hmm. I feel like my, participation sort of like helped, helped it glow up as well, Um,
0: (laughs) which is cool to be
1: a part of. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You're like a, you helped me with so many things. I feel like you gave me so much valuable feedback in the beginning and then also like held it down during my maternity leave.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, the, the group wanted to continue having like check-in calls, yeah. and so uh, we had your back. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you were time away. Time away to bring another human into the world is important, despite yes. <laughs> of what our what our society, what our society
0: says. Society. <laughs> well, thank you for for yes. being a part of my yeah. uh, my village. I guess in that way, that's been that's been really cool to see. Yeah.
1: No, I think that when you are when you're like new to something and you're figuring it out, and there's like all of those terrible self-loathing voices in our heads that like I think is pretty much everyone has their own specific ways that they show up but everyone is trying to like overcome these like truths that you've told yourself or that you've internalized and when you like don't show up in the way that one of them is saying that you should it's so easy to just like disconnect and pull away and to not come back for more assistance um, and it can just be really hard to do that. So yeah,
0: yeah, and that's, that's one of the things that I think I really appreciate about you. And I don't know how to make more people feel like they have the space to do that. If you have any thoughts, mm. let me know. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I, I think that you do a really great job of making sure that the space feels like people are able to do that. Um, but I also don't think that you can hold yourself responsible when someone doesn't. I don't know if that's that's a very social worker. That is, <laughs> and, and that, that
0: is talk about the shit that I need to work on. I feel like you always see you're wise as fuck. And you always Thanks, you always come back to me and reflect back the things that I sometimes tell my clients, but can't always yeah. seem to see for myself. I think it's like my Enneagram seven ass just wants to make everything better. Like, I see somebody struggling and I immediately want to like swoop in and like, like fix it and like make it better. And, yeah. and that's not always any of our responsibility, you know, especially really mine. Right. It's like, you know, it's like yeah. the power all along.
1: The other thing that, uh, we talk a lot, this isn't, obviously this isn't therapy and I don't want to assume, I don't want to like say that it is, but, uh, when when therapists are like talking and learning a lot of the times the feeling of like I'm not impactful enough to my clients or like what I'm saying isn't working or isn't landing Um, but we often talk about like especially when you're working with kids not that anyone has a child here but you can you can plant (laughs) you can plant seeds you can like just because someone isn't engaging in the way that you might like, or in the way that you planned doesn't mean that the information still isn't landing. It doesn't mean that the information's still not impactful and like, doesn't mean that they might not revisit it in a week or a month or a year and come back to that thing that you planted and find it to be useful. And we forget that.
0: Yeah, no, we, we a hundred percent do. And that's something that I've been trying to learn and also, also allow my own, What am I trying to say? Allow others the space to engage with however we're working together in the way that feels best for them. And I think one of the biggest things that helped me to do that um was participating in other like people's programs and continuing education and stuff as the client and noticing how I show up, um, talking about Cassie from (laughs) LiPad. Yes,
1: totally, totally. It's like, well, and sometimes we just you know, so, and especially right now, people are like at capacity for a bazillion different reasons. Right. Uh, and so, just because you're not able to like engage necessarily in the way that you would like, doesn't mean that it's not still helpful information and doesn't mean that you might not be able to soon or differently. So, right, right, um, exactly.
0: And just so the people yeah. know who Cassie from YPad is, there was this whole <laughs> cool thing, there was a continuing ed course that I had to do as a dance teacher. And I was just procrastinating the shit out of this thing because I had a lot on my plate and it wasn't time to work on it. And it was just a moment where I found myself so relating to Tough Love Strength Club members because I kept getting these automated emails, fucking Cassie from YPad. Cassie, if you're listening, I love you. Love <laughs> to your heart. You're a good person and your program is really valuable and you're doing great things in the dance yes. world. Um, <laughs> and I just, I felt so like, Shameful, almost that I hadn't that I hadn't engaged that I wasn't on like module seven because it was week seven like I should have been. But you know what? I still like I did the thing and I did it on my own time and and it worked out. And I think we all just need to give ourselves space to yeah. yeah.
1: And it ca- and it counts that way too.
0: It <laughs> right? Yeah, it 100% counts. Yeah. It hundred percent counts. It it does. We all just kind of need to go about our process in whatever way that we do and brains work different and life, life is lifey. And I think we'd be we'd be mistaken to tell ourselves that like, we just need to wait till the perfect time yeah, to do it. I think a lot of people in a lot of situations, especially like when you were talking about when your life got really lifey for a while, a lot of people would be like, oh, this isn't a good time for me to do this. I'll just wait until things calm down and then I'll reach out for support, but like things never calm down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I even, I think that we talked about that on a coaching call once where I was like, maybe, maybe there's just like only 15 minutes, three times a week for me right now. And, or maybe that's, and maybe that's like, okay. And then when I heard myself say it out loud, I was like, that's not okay for me. Like I have to make it, I have to change something else, you know? And sometimes you just have to like, go to the point of like well there isn't any time and deal with making that choice and then other times that awareness like helps you make a different choice
0: so and that Seth, that's such a beautiful example of like what flavor of shit sandwich do you want to have <laughs> yes. that's something it's something that I talk about a lot where it's like okay well you can either at this point allow 15 minutes to be enough and let that be good and question the voices in your head that are telling you that it's not enough. Yes. Or you could look at other things in your life and be like, okay, I really want to prioritize this anyway. I want to have 30 minutes. I want to have an hour. And so what else am I going to have to give up? Yeah. And yeah. Totally. It can't do it all. There's another like, you know, wah-wah.
1: yes, absolutely. And when you're in a state of now, I feel like Brene is Brene Brown is talking to my heart now, but when you're, I think it's when you're in a state of overwhelm, which so I feel like so many people are, uh, at various points in their day or their week right now, it's like, it feels impossible to make that call sometimes. And you just, you get stuck sometimes and that's, you know, and then you figure out how to get unstuck. Yeah.
0: And that's why it's good sometimes to even have like anybody else, be that a coach, be that like community yeah, I'm just kind of let you know you're not alone. You're or not.
1: even, or even an inst like an Instagram reel that you uh, just see but don't engage with that can also do it. You know, so that was you never I know.
0: Actually, <laughs> I actually engaged with it this morning. It was a little personal story about my life. There was an Instagram reel and I shared it on my stories today. It was somebody who basically like had a reel of a time lapse video of them like doing household chores and their baby just like crawling around playing with you know, kitchen utensils and stuff like that. And I was thinking to myself, they were basically telling you that like independent play is good for kids. And, you know, it's all right not to be engaging them 24 seven. And I'm like, thank God, because on this day where my babysitter canceled and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, this is going to be a long day and I don't know how I'm going to fold my laundry. Um, But JJ might have to watch and just that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a,
1: It's okay to ask other people to meet you where, where you are, even if they're a cute, a cute, a cute little, a cute little baby. <laughs> yeah,
0: truly really. And, and sometimes, sometimes that meeting you where you are is like, welcome for everyone. Yeah. You know, sometimes, in fact, I would argue most of the time, JJ would rather play with the Tupperware than his actual toys. And sometimes that moment where one person has to like cancel a meeting or a training session or whatever gives the other person a little like, oh thank God! Like I just want to sleep in a little bit longer. Like I yeah. really needed that too. So yeah, sometimes totally. That really got off on a tangent, but it was good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. No. Anyway, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. What's one lesson that you learned about your relationship with exercise? that you feel like you want the people to know, and this can obviously be more than one, but if you could just give like a PSA to anybody Mm -hmm. who is working on their relationship with exercise, what would you really want them to know as like, you know, Steph from the future? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, message from future Steph.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, I think the, the, I mentioned it before, but just that it's like a process and it takes time, which is like the most infuriating thing for me to accept the toughest mm. pill to swallow. As you said, it's just sometimes it like, sometimes it feels rough to know that it's just, you're just going to have to keep trying and figuring it out and new circumstances will be presented that you'll be forced to navigate again and like readjust. Um So that's probably one. And then the other thing that has been really helpful to me this time around is that and you've said it to me many times before but it's like sinking in, in a new way I guess mm. um and that's that there's like no end point of this no. thing like I'm not going to all of a sudden like you know snatch a kettlebell over my head and like rainbows and unicorns explode and like the light shines down on me and I've, uh, you know, unlocked some arbitrary achievement of like fixing exercise in my life. No, Uh, (laughs) that's not real. And so it's, it's easy, it's easy to say that in like theory, but really when you're like struggling with the day-to-day of, of unpacking this work, like remembering that there is no there's no end point. You're just navigating the situation in the moment and trying to figure it out and do what's best for you. That has like been a big shift for me. Um, and has taken, taken a lot of pressure that I put on myself off. So,
0: yeah, sometimes I almost feel like they're you know, you talked before about like, like being a downer with this. Sometimes it just feels very like want, want, like yes. with all of it, but also those like want, want moments, like the fact that there's no finish line in a way it kind of like, initially it kind of sucks. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. But then you're like, Oh, it makes oh, me wait a about, minute. Yeah. It makes me think <laughs> of that one audio, uh, that people use for, for Instagram reels. It's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like,
1: (laughs) yes, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, totally. Totally. Where you're like,
0: you're like, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's definitely like that. It's definitely like that. I want to actually jump back to a really important question that I forgot to ask you earlier that I meant to, you mentioned before that, um, that you're really into hiking, Um, and I know you just knowing what I know about you, you've got a lot of different kinds of movement that are now in your mix. Mm -hmm. How does strength training, um, and hiking and the other things you do, how do those things kind of play off of each other, um, and show up? I call it like your movement mix, Mm -hmm. um, where you have like your, your strength training and then you have like what other, whatever other kinds of like exercise and or movement slash activities that you like to do in your day-to-day life? How do those things kind of play off each other? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost,
1: I think it gives me variety, which for my personality is like really helpful. They're like doing the same thing over and over and over again is like torture for me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which tells you a lot about, why I'm not an accountant anymore. (laughs) Uh, so that, that's like number one, I, when I have multiple things that I know, like I would enjoy doing, it makes, it's easier for me to make the yes choice. Um, so, so that's sort of, I guess the first part of it. Um, and then they like help one another. Uh, so I, if I'm doing like a tough hike, the like and climbing so in Maine we call it bouldering where like you're literally climbing up giant rocks and you have to like step up them and like use your knees and your hands and have three points of contact and all of this stuff and I think about like lifting heavy kettlebells when I'm doing yeah. that <laughs> and then lifting that yeah badass. it's very fun uh <laughs> and it's more of like it's like uh strategic, you know, you're like, okay, I'm gonna put my hand here and my foot here, and then I'm gonna step up over here. And um so yeah, as much as I don't like doing squats with kettlebells <laughs> in the moment, as much as they feel as as hard as they feel in the moment, I know that sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna help me get up that next boulder. Or
0: <laughs> yeah. And it almost, to me, it makes me think of the whole, this whole piece of like joyful movement that I think Mm -hmm. people are missing is the idea that like, yeah, maybe like the, like goblet squats are not joyful for you in the moment, but it sounds to me maybe that bouldering is something that is more joyful for you. And you might not be able to access that type of joy in the same way. If you didn't sometimes do those less fun things too.
1: Totally. Yeah. I, um, the goblet squat is maybe, especially with like heavier weight, isn't my favorite, but, uh, what's less my favorite is feeling like I'm not going to be able to get to the top of the mountain. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'd rather like, I I'll choose the goblet squat and get to the top of the mountain.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it almost sounds yeah. like there's a sense of like self-trust building
1: within. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. That, um, another example of that I guess more recently that I had was I I went on like a winter nighttime snowshoe like we at night it was a full moon and we got our snowshoes on and it was like a tour and we went out and we climbed all over and walked all over and hiked all over um and like two years ago I would have not done that I would have been afraid that I wouldn't have been able to keep up or wouldn't have been able to like do the things that were required. I would have worried about like embarrassing myself or people judging me. Mm. Uh, And I went into it completely not worried. I knew I would be able to do it. I like, I knew that I could, I would be fine. And I like didn't think twice about it. I did it and it was fucking awesome. (laughs) So yeah, like huge difference.
0: (laughs) This is, this is why I do what I do. I feel like we can just like stop everything now. Like (laughs) the podcast is over.
1: Yes. Yes. That was a big win. That was like a a really big win for me. I, I wouldn't, me a few years ago would not have done that or would have really struggled with it. Mm.
0: And that was, I saw some of the pictures from that and that looked like such an amazing experience. And I know. I know that a lot of the people that are listening right now are also outdoorsy type folks who like to, who like to hike. I don't know why I attract so many hikers. I don't know what it is about me because I'm actually not a hiker. I'm not, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, Jenna,
1: we're, we need to like kidnap you for a hike one day. Please do. (laughs) I actually,
0: you know what? I've been on a couple of hikes. I think it's something that I actually would really enjoy. I think I just don't know all of like the places that I could go. And then I also don't have enough people locally that are into hiking that would be able to show me the way I feel like I need like a hiking fairy godmother.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Maybe that's, maybe that's like a new business idea for me. Hiking fairy godmother. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, well also, you know, Illinois isn't the, is is pretty flat. So it can be hard to find a, a place to go that isn't like A small hill, so yeah,
0: Yeah, (laughs) where you are,
1: where you are, and access to those types of things is is different too. (laughs)
0: Yeah, definitely. But please, kidnap me, anyone. (laughs) You're listening to this? My address? No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, and hiking Um, Hiking is just walking. (laughs) Yeah, outside.
0: (laughs) It it is, and I just I I love seeing the pictures of it and the beautiful views and yeah, yeah. good times. I, Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a beautiful beautiful kind of way to wrap that all up with a nice little bow. Uh, before we finish this though, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything that we missed or? I don't think so. Yeah. This is, this
1: is great. Thanks for asking such wonderful questions.
0: (laughs) This has been fun. I feel like I need a signature question, like, because you're my first interviewee, like everybody that does podcast interviews always has like that one thing that they do. Like Yeah. series fire questions are like that one thing that they ask people. I'm like, what should my question be?
1: What should, could your question be, what is your favorite strength training move?
0: Maybe, but like, what if I'm interviewing somebody that doesn't lift? Um, or like,
1: yeah, but they could like say something that doesn't involve weight too. Or like your favorite, your favorite, um, maybe what type of exercise brings you the most joy?
0: I love that. Okay. Okay. You go. Yeah. Tell me okay. that. I will actually, I want both from you knowing that you sure. like, lift and also do other things. Yeah. Favorite strength training move. And then what else brings you the most joy?
1: My current favorite strength training move is the skull crusher, yes. like a, the behind your head kettlebell thing. Um, I really like that one. It makes me feel really strong. So that's I feel like favorite. there's a part <laughs> of that
0: name that you have to like too. That's oh, just completely I
1: skull that. crusher. <laughs> <laughs> um yes and then the thing that brings me like the exercise that brings me most joy is 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 hiking when uh you're like outside and you've been moving for a while and then you get to this there's usually like a point that you're trying to get to and you get there and it's just beautiful and quiet and peaceful and there's birds it's or snow or ice or something, oh, <laughs> depending on the season. That's that's my favorite. We yeah. need to
0: come visit you in Maine. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. Thank <laughs> do. I do. <sighs> All right. Seth, thank you so much for being my first podcast guest. This was so fun. Yes. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. And uh I
1: hope that um I hope that it went well and that people like listening to it. <laughs> oh yes,
0: absolutely. All right, have a good day, Seth. We'll talk soon. Bye, Jenna. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into my first ever guest episode of the podcast. I hope you love my conversation with Steph as much as I did. On the episode, we talked about my online group coaching program, Tough Love Strength Club. And if you're listening to this in real time, that program is actually open for enrollment right now. If you are lucky enough to have already gotten on the wait list, check your inbox. You can sign up for it. At this very moment, and if you missed out on that, no worries. I will leave a link in the show notes. It'll be opening to the public on March 28th, and the doors will stay open until spots run out and/or before the program kicks off on April 18th, 2022. So again, if you're interested in learning more about that or potentially signing up to work together in that way, go to my show notes. All the links and info are in there. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you wanna learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and wanna hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people have a great week and we'll talk soon